So, how does it feel when you play Roll Up to Win with Tim Hortons? Buy a hot or cold beverage using the Tim's app and find out. Roll in the app for a chance to win prizes ranging from free coffee and donuts to a Universal Orlando Resort vacation or a sweet car. Oh, don't forget the TV. And this year, every roll is a shot at a $1,000 daily giveaway drawing for two $500 prizes. Roll up to win and get treated by Tim's. No purchase necessary. Account registration required. 50 U.S. and D.C. 18 plus entered by 4223. See rules at rolluptowin.com for free entry of full details. Void in Florida and where prohibited. great unsolved podcast i'm your host alexis and this week we are talking about the summer wells case that happened last june before we get into it make sure to follow at great unsolved on twitter at great unsolved pod on instagram join our facebook group and like our facebook page both of which can be done by searching great unsolved on facebook we also have a patreon where there are tons of patreon only episodes a monthly bonus episode. I give you a shout out when you join, both on social media and the podcast. You get early access and ad-free episodes, as well as much more. Joining Patreon helps me devote more time to researching and covering these unsolved cases. So today we are talking about the disappearance of five-year-old Summer Wells. She was three foot tall and weighed about 40 pounds with blonde hair and blue eyes, when she went missing on June 15th of 2021. She was reported missing by her mother at approximately 6.30 p.m. from Rogersville, Tennessee. She was wearing a pink shirt and gray pants at the time. It was reported by her mother that she was outside with her mother and her grandma repotting succulents when she wanted to go inside and play. Her mother, Candace Wells, walked her into the house and told her three brothers, who were 7, 9, and 12 years old at the time, to watch her. Candace says that minutes later, she walked back inside the house after helping Grandma with her knee brace, and she asked where Summer was, and the boys said, in the basement. The basement is where Summer and her parents' rooms were, It was a walkout basement, so there was a door that connected to the outside, obviously. To get to the basement from the inside of the home, you would have to go into essentially what was a crawl space under a table and, I believe, climb down a ladder. It was kind of confusing watching the video of it, but that's what I got from the video and other reports. It was said in one YouTube interview that the basement windows had reflective material in them, but otherwise it didn't seem like there were any security measures on those windows. Needless to say, this day when Candace started calling to Summer in the basement, she was nowhere to be found, and afterwards Candace went outside to search and could still not locate Summer. So before going through the rest of the timeline, I kind of want to talk about a little bit of background information. Let's talk about the house a little bit more, because when I first got into this case, 
and I heard other people talking about it, I was very confused on the concept of not them having their rooms in the basement, because I can understand that, but the way the house was set up and the way you had to climb under a table to get into the basement, it just seemed all very confusing to me. So Summer lived in a house that was approximately 780 square feet with her three older brothers who were 7, 9, and 12 and her mother and father. This home was on 11 acres and Candace's mom lives in a trailer on the property close to the house. It looked like it was less than 100 feet away from the front door of their home, so it was very close. I believe this 11 acres and this home used to be Don Wells, the father, used to be his mother's home, and I think she passed away, and then they got it, and they have been living there for over a decade. In videos, if you have seen any videos of the home, you can probably tell it looks insanely cluttered. It looks as if the house was just completely neglected. There is piles of stuff everywhere. It looks dirty. It just doesn't look like a very habitable environment. And I'm not saying this because they may be lower income or you know, they live in the country or anything. I live in the middle of nowhere in Tennessee. So we have very similar types of, I guess you could say neighborhoods, but um, it's just a very cluttered house and very unclean. It doesn't look like something that would be safe for these young kids to live in all the time. The other thing that is kind of difficult for me to understand is six people living in 780 square feet. It's not that it's impossible because 780 square feet could be plenty of room for six people, but with the clutter, it doesn't seem like there's really anywhere for these six people to sit or congregate or spend time together. You know, it just seems very difficult to live in this environment. And I'm bringing this up because a lot of people bring it up when they talk about this case. And cluttered houses do not equate to hurting your child or staging an abduction or anything like that. I just think it's something worth noting because it is very obvious in every video of the home. However, I will say, since Summer went missing, the Wells raised some money to renovate the home and clean it up, and I've seen some pictures of it, and it looks so much better. It looks organized. I think they put stairs in, and it looks like a good place for children to grow up now. It looks healthier for the parents as well. So let's talk a little bit about Summer's mom, Candace Bly Wells. I was not able to find what her actual age was, but between her and her husband, Don, who is the father of Summer, it seems like there is somewhat of a significant age gap. Not that there's any problem with that, it's just something worth noting. I don't know how old either of them are, so I'm not going to elaborate on that. Candace Wells was born in Wisconsin, 
and she has a misdemeanor for domestic violence from 2003 in Wisconsin as well. Candace's sister Rose went missing from Wisconsin in 2009, never to be seen again, but we'll get into that a little bit more later. She was a, not a carny per se, but a carnival worker. Not sure if there's a difference, but whatever, for some time, and she met a man who she married, and they had two children. These children were eventually taken by CPS due to neglect or abuse. Not 100% stated which it was or what happened, but her daughter would later say that she heard her mother was abusive. These children were never given back to Candace and her first husband. Like I said, the daughter was adopted at six months, but then she was placed in foster care again at one time. And she says all she knows about Candace, her mother, is that she did meth and she was abusive. That's all alleged. I don't know exactly what happened, but that is a notable part in Candace's background. Don Wells, Summer's father, has a little bit longer of a background. He has a history of drinking and domestic violence. He served time for drugs and burglary convictions in Arkansas, Utah, and Texas. He also had numerous parole violations in the late 1990s and early 2000s. Don was married before as well, so Candace was not his first wife, just as he was not her first husband. He had two children with his previous wife, and it is stated that his son has a sexual assault record as well. Don says after all of his crime and after serving time in jail, he is deeply religious, and he brings us up quite a lot, whether it is because he is deeply religious or to make himself look better, I don't know. He was arrested in 2020 when Candace accused him of domestic assault. When the cops came to the house, they found him driving drunk in his driveway with a pistol he was not supposed to have. When this happened, Candace and the children were granted an order of protection. She wrote in her statement to cops, quote, he drinks and throws things. I'm afraid of being hurt. He is abusive physically and mentally toward me. I am afraid for my children and myself. My mother fears he is going to hurt her because she is staying in her camper on the property, end quote. But she dropped this charge less than a week after starting it. Just because she dropped it doesn't mean he was not abusive. A lot of time, people in abusive relationships drop their charges to not create any more discomfort or issues in the relationship, but obviously we don't know the intricacies of the relationship, so she dropped it and that was the end of it. Don Wells has been said to have sexually abused his stepsister, but his father covered for him and also threatened his wife at the time, the father's wife, not Don's wife, because Don was a child, he threatened his wife into not reporting it. 
So this sexual abuse started when the victim was five years old to when she was 12. Don was 12 to 19, so seven years older. In some interviews, he says he was only five years older, but that's been proven to not be true, so it's very unclear on why he says this. When I was researching this case, I was listening to the Crime Weekly episodes on this case. That's with Stephanie Harlow and Derek Levesor. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right, but um, it's their podcast and it's really good. They go really in depth, but they played some interviews from After Summer Went Missing, interviews that Don was a part of. And in these interviews, Don does not deny that he sexually abused his sister and says it was a little game they played. He says they played house and Don blames his sister and says it's her fault in these interviews and that she initiated it, even though she was only five. He also says women mature in their evil ways faster. And there's a lot more to the interviews, so I just got the main points out of it. But I don't know what happened to Summer. I don't know if he was involved. But from this, we can safely say Don is a piece of shit person. Because that is so ridiculous. And he knows what he did wrong. He's not denying it. He is simply saying, it wasn't my fault. I was a kid too, even though he was seven years older. It just, it made me unreasonably mad. Well, probably reasonably mad, but it is just ridiculous. So I already have a bias against Don, but once again, I don't know if he hurt Summer or if he has anything to do with her disappearance. He could be completely innocent in that sense and could just be a shitty person. It is all alleged, though. There were never any convictions from it, so... Allegedly, he did this, and that's how everything in this case is. It's all alleged. I'm not saying any of this stuff for fact. Just keep that in mind. We are going to breeze through about three and a half pages of timeline now, so let's just get into it. June 16th, the day after Summer was reported missing, massive ground searches started right in the morning. These were difficult ground searches due to steep terrain, obviously they're in the mountains, a dense canopy of trees, and dense ground coverage. Nothing was found this day. On June 17th, the search expands to cover a one-mile radius around the home, and there was a hundred people searching. Once again, nothing was found, and nothing has been found in any of these searches, so I won't keep saying it, just keep that in mind. June 18th, the search has 41 agencies involved now and covers over a thousand acres. June 22nd, a Kingsport man offers a $25,000 reward to whoever finds Summer or leads them to Summer. June 24th, TBI, which is Tennessee Bureau of Investigation, spokesperson says, quote, this case is definitely outside of the norm. Typically, in an investigation like this one, we have some idea of where the case is headed and what, we, and what might have happened within a few days, end quote. So even at this point, TBI is saying this is not a normal case. 
we should have an idea of what's going on and we have nothing. This is something you're going to see throughout the case and spokespeople even now over a year later have still said we are no closer to finding her which is super discouraging but it gives you an idea of how perplexing this case is. On June 26th it seems like there is the first little lead at least. TBI says they're looking for a red Toyota Tacoma late model pickup seen in the area one summer went missing. June 27th, search efforts are scaled back because at this point it has been 12 days and they have not found anything. On June 28th, Candace speaks out for the first time. She says that her and her mother were planting flowers outside. Summer then got a piece of candy and wanted to go see her brothers. Candace said she walked her over to the porch, watched her walk into the kitchen where the boys were watching TV. Candace told them, watch Summer, I'll be back. She says she returned less than two minutes later and asked where Summer was. The boys said she went downstairs to play with her toys. Candace said she yelled down a few times and got no answer. Apparently, Summer always answered her when she called down, so it was suspicious right away. So Candace went down to check, and Summer was nowhere. On this day, she states that she believes someone lured Summer away from the house. On July 21st of 2015, no, sorry, July 21st of 2021, the Department of Children's Services stated they were involved. On July 26th, Summer's three brothers were removed from the home by DCS, which is Department of Child Services. Kind of the same thing as Child Protective Services. I'll go back and forth with the names, so it's all pretty much the same thing. Don states that the boys were taken away because so many people were on their property, but that seems very unlikely. On July 27th, the Church Hill Rescue Squad is no longer the lead agency. The Hawkins County Sheriff's Department is now taking lead. On July 29th, Candace confirms that the sons were taken by CPS. By the end of July 2021, the reward is at $37,970. In the beginning of August, the HC Sheriff's Department states that no psychics had been used in this case, which kind of seems like a weird thing to state, but maybe there was a specific reason for it. Either way, no psychics had been used as of last August. August 11th, TBI posts a video saying the search for Summer was not over. In September, the case was featured on In Pursuit. The reward surpassed $40,000, and TBI states that months of searching gave absolutely no clues. On October 4th, Don Wells said he was not pleased with the expiration set for the reward, so the Churchill Rescue Squad reward was extended for a year. On October 10th, the HC Sheriff's Department stated they were still taking tips and looking for the red Toyota Tacoma truck. On October 12th, Don and Candace start a family YouTube channel. Not sure if it was started on this date, 
or if they started posting on this date, but a video does come out on this date. By October 27th, the reward surpasses $58,000, but by October 31st, Don Wells was arrested for a DUI. November 1st, Don Wells had court and was released on his own recognizance bond. There was a gag order issued for CBS, CPS case for the Wells boys. November 11th and 12th, Don and Candace go on the Dr. Phil show. Candace did walk out during one of these episodes for a multitude of reasons, she says, but Dr. Phil stated he doesn't believe that they hurt Summer. On November 30th, the H.C. Sheriff's Office and TBI conducted a search in the Beach Creek area. On December 9th, people from a social media sleuth group were named in a trespassing report on the Wells property. It has been stated that this has happened with quite a few people. They trespassed on the Wells property saying they were looking for summer, but they have no reason to be there. They have no authority to be there. They are just online sleuth groups. And I've seen videos of some of these and it's ridiculous. You can cover the case. You can keep up with it. You can update people. You can even interview the family with their consent, but you don't just go on somebody's property. You're not a police officer. You're not going to find anything. And just, it's super, it's so dumb. Just don't do that. You're an idiot if you're going to go do that. It's not safe for you. It's not safe for the people who own that property. And it's just not okay. You wouldn't want someone coming on your property without being invited. So I don't understand why you would do that to somebody else. In 2022, on February 4th, was Summer's sixth birthday. February 9th, Don Wells was sentenced to 11 months and 29 days in jail for his DUI with probation after 180 days and a 28-day rehab. I believe as of now, he is still in jail for this DUI. In March, police reported that the family was not cooperating. In April, the lead investigators say they were no closer to finding answers than the day Summer went missing. Wireless headphones. That'll be $200. I'll use my Capital One Quicksilver card. Now that's a hit. You used the Capital One Quicksilver card, which makes you the hero of every purchase. With Quicksilver, you earn unlimited 1.5% cash back on every purchase everywhere. I wanted running music, but unlimited 1.5% cash back is pretty heroic. Good instincts. Every hero needs a theme song. The Capital One Quicksilver card. What's in your wallet? Terms apply. See CapitalOne.com for details. Now we are going to jump into the day of the disappearance. A little more in depth. So June 15th, 2021. Don, the dad, supposedly goes to work in the early morning at 7 to 7.30 a.m. His work was about 30 minutes away from home and it was a construction job site. Apparently he had worked with this construction company for 13 years and I believe he was a supervisor of some sort. But this day he takes Candace's new car instead of his work truck 
that has GPS tracking. The tracking info has not been publicly released, but it is worth noting that it had GPS tracking and he took that car for some reason instead of taking his own work truck. Once again, in the Crime Weekly episode, they speculate on this a little more because Derek does have police experience. He was a police officer. He was an investigator. So if you want to hear more about little details like that, go check out their episodes. Candace, Summer, and Grandma, who lives on a trailer on the property with the family, like I said earlier, get in Grandma's truck and go to the hospital for Grandma to get seen for knee pain around 7.30 a.m., They supposedly left around 7.30 a.m. because Candace says she had to wake Summer up early. And there might have been an appointment for an 8 a.m. checkup for Grandma, but Grandma later says she went to the ER. So, either way, doesn't really matter. Not a huge piece in this case. After dropping off Grandma, Candace texts Hunter that her and Summer were waiting for Grandma outside the hospital. And in some places, it says she calls him. In some places, it says he called her. It's confusing, but either way, they talked right after they dropped off Grandma at the hospital. Now, Hunter is a odd person in this case because it seems weird for someone in their 30s or 40s to have a relationship with a 15-year-old boy but he does lend a lot of knowledge to this case because his timeline is what we're going off of. So Hunter was a 15-year-old boy who was essentially a family friend, and it's said that Summer loved him because he was like a big brother to her, because obviously her brothers were younger, and actual brothers can be mean to their younger sisters, which... Doesn't mean anything was wrong in the house, it just means they were normal kids. At one point, Candace and Hunter's mom were very close. And apparently Hunter's mom would always buy food for the Wells and other stuff. And Hunter's mom and others in their small friend group saw Candace quote-unquote discipline her children a little too much. To the point where some people said it was child abuse. When Candace and Hunter's mom fell out, CPS was involved, and it was apparently just a big thing, although no details were released, so we're only going off of what people say, not specific CPS reports. So after Candace texts Hunter, Hunter does call Candace and asks if her and Summer want to come to his house. Candace says sure, if it's okay with his mom. And Hunter's mom says, that's not a problem as long as they're not here super long. In between 10 and 10.30 a.m., Candace and Summer arrive at Hunter's home, which is kind of perplexing me because if they dropped off Grandma at the hospital around 8, they don't get there until 10 or 10.30, we have a missing time of about two and a half hours, which could be nothing or it could be something. When they arrive there, Candace says she was going to bring summer fishing, and Hunter asks his mom if he can go, and she says, sure, as long as he's not gone for too long. But before they could leave the driveway, Grandma called to be picked up from the hospital. 
The group then went to Walgreens to drop off Grandma's prescription, but Walgreens said it would take about 30 minutes to fill, so they decided they were just going to come back. They then went to a discount tobacco store, where Candace bought cigarettes, a twisted tea, and two vapes. From there, they drove to Warriors Path State Park, where Grandma stayed in the car, and the other three walked to a swimming place, swimming hole, whatever you want to call it. Summer went to swim in this place, and the other two sat on shore watching her. At approximately 12.21, Candace posted a TikTok of Summer swimming, so we have an idea of the time frame that they were here. Once again, really odd, because this is two hours from when they supposedly went to pick up Grandma from the hospital. So... I don't know what would have taken that long. I don't think dropping off a prescription and then going to a smoke shop would take that long, but I guess it could have. Hunter says while they were at this park and Summer was swimming, Candace gave him the twisted tea and they smoked the vapes together, which obviously isn't a good idea to give a 15-year-old a twisted tea and smoke with him, but this, we'll get into this more later. There's a little more to look at in this area of the story. Grandma came to sit with the two, and then Grandma and Candace went to pick flowers or started talking about flowers to pick. It had something to do with flowers. It wasn't super clear what they were doing. But at this point, Summer went under the water for a few seconds, and Hunter says he jumped in the water to grab her because it seemed like she was under the water for too long, and obviously he was worried. But he says when he brought her above the water, she seemed fine, and she was just laughing. So it could have just been a thing where she was seeing how long she could hold her breath, or she was diving for something. It could have been harmless. About 15 minutes later, the prescription was ready, so they left Warrior Paths State Park at that point. However, before they went to Walgreens, they stopped at another tobacco store, and Grandma and Candace went inside to see what they had. And Candace bought two more vapes, and it said when she came back to the car, she gave one to Hunter. They then went to Walgreens, picked up Grandma's prescription, and then went to Sonic to get some slushies. Totally unrelated thing, but I had no idea how many Sonics were in the South, or at least in Tennessee. In Milwaukee, we had two, and if we drove that far to get there, it was great because we never got to go to Sonic because it was so far away. But now we live... 20 minutes from two of them in either direction, and they're just everywhere. I had no idea they were that common down here. Anyways, Hunter says they then went to a grocery store, and Candace and Grandma went inside to buy some groceries. Candace says they were only inside for about five minutes, but Hunter says it was more like an hour. That's a big difference, but I'm more inclined to lean towards what Hunter says because of the time gaps here. At 2.30, it said they go back to Hunter's house. So if they were at the swimming hole at 
and they stayed, let's say, 15 minutes after that till around 12.35, then they have two hours. So there's no way they went to Walgreens, went to the smoke shop, and then only went to the grocery store for five minutes, and then didn't get to Hunter's house until 2.30. So I'm more inclined to go with Hunter's timeline in this scenario. Anyways, they got there around 2.30, and Hunter's mom confirms this. She says she went out to the car, and Summer was asleep. But Candace says otherwise, which we will get into a whole part on inconsistencies in the stories and stuff like that. So I won't elaborate now, but Candace says this is not true. Once Hunter was dropped off, but before they got home, Summer fell asleep, and Candace had Grandma take a video of Summer falling asleep on some milk cartons. This was around 3.09 p.m. That's what Candace says, but it hasn't been confirmed when this video was taken, but it seems to line up pretty well. I'm mentioning this video because a lot of people are looking into it a lot, a little too much in my opinion, but we'll come back to that as well. We're just getting through the timeline of the day she went missing right now. At around 3.11 p.m., they got home, brought some groceries inside, some into Grandma's trailer, some into the Wells home, and then Summer Candace and Grandma transplanted flowers, which were actually succulents. A lot of people focus too much on Candace saying flowers, is what they were transplanting because people went on Google, saw that there were no flower beds, and they were like, oh no, they weren't transplanting flowers. They're lying about everything. She meant succulents. Who cares? Same difference. They were transplanting plants. After a while, Summer wanted to go in, so Candace brought her to the house, told her brothers to watch her. She was nowhere to be found. We've gone over that part of the story. However, the issue I have here is if they got home at 3.11 and they only transplanted flowers for a little bit, we could say maybe a little bit spread to an hour, okay? So we're at 4.11, maybe 4.15 p.m. around here. Then Summer goes inside. Candace says she only goes back to Grandma's trailer for two minutes to help her with her knee brace and then comes back. So maybe about 4.30 at this point. But Candace does not report Summer missing until 6.30 p.m. So what happened in those other two hours? There is a ton of missing time in this case. And I feel like if you were that concerned about your child going missing, you would do your best to remember everything that happened this day, but it seems like there's a lot missing. Whether that's on purpose, whether that's on accident, I don't know, but there is just gaps of two hours, three hours, and it's very suspicious when a child's missing and there's huge gaps in time. So the official missing persons report comes in at 6.32 p.m., once again, about three hours between when they got home to when Summer is reported missing. It's not stated what time, but the Wells' neighbors says she heard Candace calling for Summer and started to look herself. I'm assuming this was before 
Candace called the police. So if we could get a solid time on this, I feel like that would help a lot with filling in the two-hour time gap, at least, if not more than two-hour time gap from when they got home to when she was reported missing. I have a lot of pages of inconsistencies and suspicious things, oddities, and theories. So it looks like we're going to have to split this up into a two-part episode. I am trying a new recording software where it has a limit of 45 minutes right now. So we are going to end this one here. And then next week we will get into inconsistencies, oddities, theories, and just a lot of my opinions. Once again, I want to say everything is alleged. The timeline we're going off of is Hunter's pretty much. There are a few confirmed times, such as the time Candace posted the TikTok video and like when the prescription was filled and that kind of stuff. But a lot of it is just off of what Hunter is saying. And Candace, I will tell you, disagrees with quite a bit of what Hunter is saying. But we'll get into that next week. Once again, be sure to follow us at Great Unsolved on Twitter, at Great Unsolved Pod on Instagram. Join our Facebook group and like our Facebook page, both of which can be done by searching Great Unsolved in Facebook. We also have a Patreon, which gives me more time to research and cover these unsolved cases. Depending on the tier you pick, there are tons of Patreon-only episodes, a monthly bonus episode. I give you a shout-out when you join. You get early access and ad-free access to episodes and a lot more. So be sure to visit that. All of those links will be in the description of this episode. And join us next week for inconsistencies, oddities, and theories on the Summer Wells' disappearance. Thank you.